Welcome, welcome, welcome! Show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Holly Weird week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. What a week it was. Yeah. Not only for, for Hollywood and Holly Weird people, but certainly for us. We debuted our Pixar rewatch series. We just tweeted out our new artwork. And From Lauren Leslie, an amazingly talented artist, but yeah, we are. Uh, phenomenal. So you were the one, you're Buzz Lightyear. I'm Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I thought I'm you were going to go the opposite way with that, but that was fun <laughs> that you, 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 you definitely flipped the tables on me. Uh, but Mike, we also interviewed Ken Knapsack of Schmodown fame. Of course, he's on every podcast there is. He's, he's a really the podcast king out there. He's got uh, Motivations with Ken on his YouTube channel. He's part of Four Center Podcast. He's part of Afternoons with Josh McGuga. Yeah. Uh, he's, like you said, the pit boss on, on the Schmodown there over on Schmo's Nose channel on YouTube. The guy is literally everywhere. And one of the most heartwarming and like authentically real conversations we've had, It was I cannot be uh, thankful more so than I am towards him. Yeah, he gave us a great pep talk as podcasters. And uh, he's got an awesome book coming out that we both pre-ordered. Can't wait. Can't wait. That we can't uh, recommend highly enough to all of you why we love Star Wars. And uh, he talks about his 100 favorite moments of the saga there. So that was a lot of fun. And we also had our first guest host this past week, Ryan L. Terry of R.L. Terry Real View, came on and did a wonderful job breaking down the yeah, script and, of course, the, the film, the remake uh, that was Pet Cemetery that did well at the box office this weekend. We'll have more on that in a few minutes. He made us sound a little more professional than we usually for once, do. <laughs> for once, he toned us down. Well, it took 245-some-odd episodes. So. Right, he toned our crazy down and brought some level-headed uh, like Knapsack did, level-headed fandom. Which yeah, is, I think that's people that that just like the subtext of what they mean is to say like you guys need to calm down. Yeah, they just like <laughs> mature fans. I don't know how that's possible. Right. It's like a paradox. <laughs> they have a mat- sense of maturity, but they're also still fanatic. And of course, Ryan is a screenwriting guru, screenwriting professor. So we really broke down uh, the screenplay of Pet Cemetery, which was awesome. Yeah, it was a big week. Uh, we thank everyone involved. Lauren Leslie, I, I believe her her Twitter handle is Lauren Leslie underscore underscore on twitter there uh ryan l terry r l terry real view r e l l dot com r l terry one at twitter yeah uh, and ken knapsack is at ken knapsack ken knapsack page on facebook and part of all those things that we just talked about all over the internet yeah a big week for for us personally we thank all our guests and all the people that helped us out and now uh, we're moving on to the next week to come and i guess we can kick that off by talking about what we're watching right mike i gotta be classier this time it's what we're watching should i have like a piano accompanying you in the yeah, because like I feel harp. I feel more mature. I feel like more professional. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. The hour goes so on here. <laughs> I, I, de- I definitely didn't go ham on my singing of what we're watching. I, I watched the finale of Black Monday. Oh, this it's over already. Huh? Don Cheadle, Rebecca Hall on Showtime. Mm-hmm. It is over already, but it will be a very easy binge watch. I'm guessing because it's one of those half hour comedies that really rips through the first six episodes with a ton of momentum. There's a little bit of a lull, but that season finale really pays everything off you're gonna get a ton of 80s nostalgia they write a lot of jokes it works as a comedy it works as a drama it works as a wall street satire i'm a big fan you spoke very highly about that show throughout its run 
I think it, it works on many levels, Good. and it's got like a bunch of the old David Wayne players from Wet Hot American ah, Summer cool. uh, involved, and I, I thought they did a terrific job, anchored by two great performances by Don Cheetah and Regina Hall. Uh, yeah, you called her Rebecca Hall, and I, having not watched the show, I thought Rebecca Hall might be in it. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, it's, it's early in the morning. I ate a lot of pizza yesterday, which I'll talk <laughs> you about did a, eat a little later. Pizza. But uh, yes, uh, Re- Regina Hall, and uh, she's incredible in it, and uh, what a show what a show bumblebee mike i watched the new transformers movie starring Haley steinfeld and john cena of course a bunch of transformers we uh, have uh, a franchise that really needed kind of uh, a new direction yeah in my opinion i only saw the first couple i gave up on it i feel like the female gaze was such a healthy change for this franchise because cool. Good. we come from all the Bruckheimer films where it's just like oogling Megan Fox for two hours <laughs> and that's just kind of slimy. Sure and is. now we get from Haley Steinfeld's POV and I just thought it really worked. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I think this this is a direction that I can really support and it's not a great movie but it's like a 60% or it would probably be like a B minus, solid B minus for me all day. You got some pretty good reviews. People seem to be a fan of it and, and they they. they agree with you that it might be taking the whole fran- uh, Transformers franchise in a new direction finished with a 6.9 nice yes, sure. IMDb score so it's yeah. worth, it's worth watching I mean if you're in a mood for some you know just silly fun it, it's not a dumb fun movie it actually has some heart to got it got some meat on it yeah. it's got some meat on it and I, I was very impressed with that fact it takes you back to summer's past at amusement parks which was which was something I didn't expect huh. and Haley Steinfeld was really talented so that, that was great uh, I, and it's it's very hard to involve the humans in these Transformer yes. movies. They've really struggled with that, yes. that in the past. Well, this human better go over there and flip the switch. <laughs> flip that switch? Shia LaBeouf, flip the switch. No, but they really involved Haley Steinfeld in this. John Cena, heavily involved, did a great job, I thought, as well. And, uh, you know, I thought he was just kind of a comedian, you know, more of a one-note guy, but he worked as an uh, as a action movie He guy. certainly has enough work in the dramatic area of his last 15 years doing serious storylines around WrestleMania season of WWE, so... If Kem Knopsack didn't talk to us this past week, I would have scowled at you. <laughs> <laughs> but he's starting to convince me. Mike, I watched the worst movie of the year so far. This is M. Night Shyamalan's oh, no. Glass. Oh, no. This is hilariously awful oh, for no. some of it. But it's not hilariously awful for most of it. So I'm just okay. left with a awful movie, just plain awful oh, movie. So it doesn't have it doesn't recover itself. No, it does uh. not recover. It is not good at all. Oh no. And it feels like a sound reel of just grunts, groans, screams, <laughs> cries. This is a pet peeve for me in movies. If you're going to make me sit through Bruce Willis bear hugging someone and grunting for a lingeringly long shot. That just takes forever. You better give me a brilliant score, like you had with Unbreakable. It even split. You you get better give me a brilliant score over that. I better not just listen to an old man just going. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is going on here? And then there's so much screaming and crying and yelling. Good, give me a break. This you have to tone that out. I hate that so much that just that alone is enough to make me hate this movie. But of course, the plot is ridiculous. Yeah. It just takes so way too long to get anywhere. And all the stuff with the, the, the big mental hospital twist and all that, just not worth it. Aggravating. Super aggravating by the end. So I 
haven't seen it yet, but I'm probably still going to at some point, and that's kind of the, the point I'm making with this movie, is that I don't think the content of this movie really matters as much as the lead-up and the hype job he did to get here, and the numbers kind of support that. It, it made, made a ton of money. made a quarter of a billion dollars worldwide, 111 of that, 111 million came domestically on a $20 million budget, so he did his job. I just feel like he gets too cocky. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan's yes. whole career is that when he has a couple of hits in a row, yeah. then he gets so cocky they give him too much freedom, and then he puts out a stinker. Tries like, to flex his muscles, yeah, I agree. The worst. Yeah. I mean, some of his movies, I've never seen a director that just the, hits the highs that he hit and the lows that he hit. This is a low. This is a bad effing movie oh boy. that got me very angry. All right. And I can't, I will go 12 rounds with anybody who likes this one. <laughs> Mike, I started my Game of Thrones season seven rewatch. This is the best anything I have watched Jeez, recently. I'm going to be so happy when this is over. You're missing out, dude. I, th I think th <laughs> this is even better watching these episodes now. And I, Absence definitely makes the heart go grow fonder on these two so i just want to say to george r, r. martin to benny off and weiss everybody here and all the, the the fans uh i love all of these characters so much and nobody better die <laughs> nobody at all Let them all live. i hope they all die Please. in the most like minutia like <laughs> just run-of-the-mill fashion like bram is like sweeping one day is and he this, inhales dust is this berry good enough yeah. to eat is this berries poisonous i don't think so like like daenerys and a dragon are playing like dominoes and one domino like cuts the dragon's finger and the it gets dragon, infected and he dies the dragon sneezes on her <laughs> she, she falls away yeah yeah falls that's how cliff. i want this whole season to go she falls off a cliff. just for you throners or whatever you call yourself just to just bitch about this that is terrible you're a bad no, person i am i am I, I have not watched it it's not for me i understand what a big deal it is i am very happy for all of you and i hope your season eight goes off uh, beautifully as you're all hoping it's coming out next because week. i think some of you might kill yourselves if it doesn't if it doesn't meet your expectations 415 414 whatever next yeah. sunday is so 14th yeah super hyped for it this is the last sunday this one we're recording on the seventh the last sunday without a game of thrones oh i can't wait yeah all right so see by skip what you saw this week mike well, I I'm buying Game of Thrones season seven. That was just All right. awesome. I really loved it. I'm seeing Black Monday. Yeah, I mean I don't need to see see Bumblebee again, so I can skip a rewatch of Bumblebee. But of course, I'm skipping the hell out of Glass. <laughs> and you'll punt Glass. I pun I'll punt Glass. <laughs> see by skip punt. All right. What's the best thing you saw this week? I watched ET this morning. Oh. And I did not remember how magical that film was. I haven't seen it since I've been a little kid. And just when they take off in flight on yeah. those bikes, I was just like almost teary-eyed. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, and that's nice. Also, for the record, I've only seen this movie as a kid. The mom in E.T. is beautiful. Just I, I have stunning. no recollection oh, of her you, you won't remember. Yeah. And then she'll come on screen and I'll just be like, <laughs> what the hell is going on? I don't remember E.T. mom being uh, Considering the alien that she was playing up against was literally just a male ball sack come to life. <laughs> With all his wrinkles and all that. He's hilarious, by the way, E.T. So I'm very thankful for that. I didn't watch the whole thing. I caught like three-fourths of it, but I was very glad uh, I rewatched some of E.T. Have you point. ever seen, uh, going on E.T., the, the, uh, the history? the documentary about atari no about and it's all about like this 
this urban legend that all these E.T. video game cartridges were okay. buried in this landfill in New Mexico. So the E.T. video game was like this, it's, it's, it's infamous in video game lore. It was rushed into production to hit its holiday deadline when the movie came out. And because it was so rushed, it was like terrible. It's like one of the lowest rated, biggest money losing games of all time. Yeah. And so there was this urban legend that all these unsold cartridges were buried in this landfill in New Mexico. And there's this documentary about the history of Atari that played up against that story. And it turns out that it's true. Oh my they God. actually went to this dig in New Mexico and were digging up cartridges of these old, long buried. It's really a fascinating watch, but I just why gave my would mind. they just not recycle the plastic? It was the eighties, man. <laughs> Recycling the wasn't a thing yet. Damn, yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. Too, much, too much coke, Mike. <laughs> what have you been exactly watching, that, uh, William uh, Shatner style? Yeah, I've uh, look. Total Forgiveness, I talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. This latest episode on College Humor's Dropout, Grant O'Brien, Allie Beardsley, I I almost tried to message them to get them on the show. This episode, <laughs> I don't think they're friends anymore. Like, I'm not going to tell you what happened, what the dares were. I really do think it's because gen- it'll give a lot of this away, but I, it's worth your time to go see it. The disdain on Grant's face when he is challenged with what huh. Allie challenged his, him with and just his just disappointment and anger and like this simmering rage underneath oh, no. his skin. I felt bad, but and really it's just like it's a compelling watch because you're like, oh my God, can their friendship survive what's happening right now? I don't know, genuinely. It was a tough watch for the, 20-something minutes. The dare that ended a friendship yeah. <laughs> on college humor dropouts, total forgiveness. S- sincerely, and it's the second to last one. So there's one more dare left they have to do. I don't know where this oh is going. Yeah, it was really some harrowing stuff, some heavy stuff. Wow. Uh, I watched Arrested Development Season 5, the finish of it. Oh, good. I was a big fan of the first part of Season 5 that came out like last year. Mm-hmm. But they left so many hanging loose ends and were trying to wrap them up all this year. It's all right. We'll get a lot of exposition from Ron Howard to to catch you up. Yeah. I don't know that it worked as well as the first Uh, half, but it was was fine. It was an entertaining watch, as it always is. I have not took the dive yet. It's also WrestleMania weekend. This is WrestleMania Sunday. How dare you? Uh, (laughs) NXT was Friday night. It was a phenomenal show, except for how it ended. I have a big problem with that, but I went into that on Twitter. So this is a build-up now. They have the minor leagues... Dude, they are, like, Friday. taking over. Stephanie McMahon went on the record last week, the week before, during, like, I think a shareholders meeting and saying yeah. she doesn't see any reason why WWE can't become uh, the, the next wave of Disney. Like, a Disney-like property that's just all-encompassing and all-consuming. And they're clearly trying to do that with their live events because the yeah. week leading into WrestleMania is all, you know, they blow it out. They have Raw Monday, SmackDown Tuesday. They get to the city for WrestleMania Wednesday. Thursday through Saturday is what's called Access, where you go around, have autographs, and can take pictures with people yeah. and see, like, the, these museum of artifacts from different wrestling lore and then Friday night was NXT which is their minor league show and then Saturday night which was last night was the Hall of Fame where they put people in the Hall of Fame which we'll have a, another story about and Do You Care and then Sunday's Wrestlemania Monday's mm-hmm. Raw Tuesday's so it's really these guys get no break which John Oliver highlighted mm-hmm. but it's it's really quite fascinating and amazing to think about that these are human beings just going 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 all the time right and, and Napsock he cited the yeah. rock you know the Rock's 330 days on the road a year. That's as a great why point. he's now, you know, such a workaholic and getting so much stuff out there and conquering Hollywood, yeah. basically. And these guys have to have an incredible work ethic. and They just have to. Otherwise, you're not going to survive. So, looking forward to that tonight, obviously. That's why this episode's only going to take, like, 25 minutes, because I told Mike <laughs> I wanted the hell out of here so I can watch old WrestleManias before the new WrestleMania. Very good. <laughs> I also watched uh, just two movies that I, I finished up. Truth or Dare. Yeah. Terrible. Good. <laughs> 
I mean, nice concept. Bad execution, I want to say. This is Blumhouse, just yes, money grab. Yes, Blum, Blumhouse yes. money grab. Lucy Hale, she's not a great actress. Are their CGI faces any yes. good? Are they good? Are they, are they good? They're interesting. <laughs> they are. They serve their purpose. There's something here. Like, there's a movie that can be made with uh-huh. this pre- plot premise. It shouldn't have been this one. Well, it should have been basically what you watched on College Humor Dropout. <laughs> Total forgiveness. They do the dares better than. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, And my friend Dahmer, I also watched Alex Wolf from Hereditary's in this. Okay. They were on the cusp of something interesting. They didn't go all the way. They tried. So this is a movie. Yeah, it's it's a movie. Alex Alex Wolf doesn't play Dahmer. He plays the friend of Dahmer. Ross Lynch, who's from a bunch of like Disney Channel shows, plays a young Jeffrey Dahmer. Alex Wolf plays his friend. Uh, got a 68 Metascore, 6.3 IMDb score. They, they were so close to something like overly compelling. Mm-hmm. They just didn't go all the way with it. And they really, I think, tried to like humanize the Jeffrey Dahmer character. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know why we feel the need to like share the backstory and the empathy of all these really bad people sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know a lot of these serial killers are tortured as younger people. Literally and yeah. figuratively sometimes from last podcast on the left. That's true. Origin stories that it's hard for me to listen to. I can't even listen to those because they're so tragic. At the same time, you know, they have a broke broken brain. Right. Whether it's, the brain is Surely. broken for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and like Hannibal Lecter says, they're, they're, says they're made monsters or they are monsters. But they basically, their brains are broken. They don't have empathy. I don't know. It's something very strange. So maybe that was the point in showing you why it's why he got to that point and what the lead up was. Uh, he, you know, it's it's an interesting watch. I don't know necessarily that you need to see it, but if you if you got nothing to do, to kill a couple hours, it does its job. So Mike, see by skip. You got total forgiveness, Arrested Development, season five. You got all of the WrestleMania build up, and you have these two movies, Truth or Dare, My Friend Dahmer. Uh, I will buy forever everything WWE related <laughs> because I'm sick and they have me hook, line, and sinker. Okay. Um, I will see that episode of Total Forgiveness, but it's a tough watch. <laughs> I mean, you're watching a friendship dissolve in real well, you time. also watch My Friend Dahmer and Truth or Dare, so which, you have endurance for watching some stuff. Yeah, I'm a masochist, which I will skip. You don't need to see Truth or Dare. You can watch My Friend Dahmer. I think there is value in it, just the same as there's value in Truth or Dare because there's something there, but yeah, you don't. You don't have to watch it. Arrested Development Season 5 is somewhere between a skip and a watch. I'm not sure yet. And out of all that, what was the best thing you watched this week? God, the best thing I watched this week was probably the, for me, the opener of the NXT match. It was a tag oh, wow. match. Ricochet and uh, Alistair Black going up against uh, the War Raiders huh. for the NXT tag team. The War Raiders. <laughs> it, was, it was phenomenal. Very nice. Um, yeah, and the worst thing I watched this week, we'll get to and Do You Care about the Hall of Fame. Nice. Let's talk about some audience interaction stuff, Michael. Yeah, six degrees of MMO. The new challenge was Aretha Franklin to Sam Rockwell. Aretha is in the movie Amazing Grace. Sam Rockwell is in the movie Best of Enemies that debuted last week. To start things off, we got Paul Britter at Brutal Tripe spelled out there. Aretha Franklin was in Blues Brothers with Dan Aykroyd who was in Dragnet with Tom Hanks who was in Green Mile with Sam Rockwell. Bing, bang, boom. I forgot Sam Rockwell was in Green Mile. True. Did you ever watch Dragnet? 
I yes, I did. I you never, saw that? Did you what? Did you ever see the old Dragnet show? I've never seen the no. old show. The new movie was fine. I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Blues, Blues Brothers. I do like Green Mile, although it gets a little nutty for me. Yeah, it's a little tough. It's to fine. Think. I agree. Uh, Talk Zone Radio also at Talk Zone Radio. Aretha Franklin was in Blues Brothers as well with Dan Aykroyd, who was in Gross Point Blank with Alan Arkin, yes. who was in Little Miss Sunshine with Popcorn. Steve Carell, of course, himself in Vice with Sam Rockwell. I don't think I've ever seen Gross Point. Gross point blank. Well, you have a grudge against uh, the coups, John. John, yeah, Cusack, yeah I really do. I for really do. reasons unknown, or what? Do you remember your reasons? I just it's, you watch, you see one movie, and if you don't like that, oh, fourteen oh eight. Yeah, it was a bad movie. It was a bad movie. It was unforgivably bad. And there's too much Cusack in that movie. Well, I why blame, don't you have a? <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think I blame him and not Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> for that movie. Yeah. How do you not blame Samuel? <laughs> He's the one who gives him the key. <laughs> All right, Bad Reception Podcast. Mike, this is at Bad Reception Pod spelled out. Our winner from last week says, Aretha Franklin Sings Respect, written by Otis Redding, who sings Try a Little Tenderness, featured in Pretty in Pink, starring James Spader, who was in Cronenberg's Crash. That's so gross, that movie. (laughs) With Elias Kotias, who is in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, with Sam Rockwell. Wow. That's a great, great chain. We had something about this week that we had so many uh, innovative and really unique oh, uh, chains. Too many good ones. Yeah, you're going to be. You got to, got to, got to, got to. <laughs> Try a little tenderness. You got two songs. You got our childhood <laughs> favorite movie for, a, you know, a couple months there. And Sam Rockwell was in that just reminding us that he was Yeah. There. You got Cronenberg's weirdest film. <laughs> Which is saying something, yeah. <laughs> uh, beyond the box set at Beyond the Box set spelled out there. Sam Rockwell was in three billboards with Francis McDormand, who was in North Country with Sean Bean. They were in Lord of the Rings with Annie Lennox. Annie Lennox and Aretha Franklin were in Sisters Are Doing It for Themselves. Again, this is so specific and stuff that I have not heard of. I'm just taking the word for it that these are all accurate. So <laughs> Annie Lennox was in well, yeah, Lord of the Rings, and uh, she she composed some songs for that. The Schmave Twenty at the Schmave 29. He's very proud of this one. Your yes. brother. I got a phone call asking me if I've seen this one yet when he posted it. <laughs> he goes, I got you, bro. <laughs> Sam Rockwell was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in 1990 with Toshiro Obata, who was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, with Kevin Nash, who was a founding <laughs> member of the NWO with Hulk Hogan, who headlined at WrestleMania 3, where America the Beautiful was sung by none other than Aretha Franklin. That's really good. That's tremendous. That's really, really good. And like I said, we had a lot, that one included, and especially that could have been winners in any week. Any week. Yeah. Uh, these are excellent, excellent, excellent. Nerd Herder Podcast at Nerd Herder Blog goes Aretha Franklin was in Blues Brothers 2000 with John Goodman. Goodman was in Monsters, Inc. with Steve Buscemi. Buscemi was in Miracle Workers with Daniel Radcliffe, which I just highlighted last week's MMOW. Yeah. Radcliffe was in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1 with Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy was in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with Sam Rockwell. But they don't stop there, Nerd Herder goes <laughs> on to say, or Aretha in Blues Brothers with Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd and Ghost Busters with Sigourney Weaver, Weaver and Aliens with Bill Paxton, Bill Paxton game over man, was in Apollo 13 <laughs> with Frank Langella who was in Frost Nixon with Sam Rockwell. Frost Nixon is an MMO favorite, speaking right to us. Did you do any fornicating? <laughs> 
terrible. This is the worst impression ever. But, Mike, a lot of things we love. We love Frost Nicks and the two of us. That is a film that has yeah. brought us together that we'll probably have to review at some point. Yeah, probably. Steve Buscemi and Miracle Workers that you reviewed last Fantastic. week. Fantastic. we got Aretha Franklin in both Blues Brothers movies. And I love how he starts with one Blues Brothers movie on the first <laughs> chain and then the second the Blues, Brothers Blues Brothers movie. Blues Brothers two th- Did you ever see Blues Brothers 2000? Yes, I have. Oh, the boy. season of the witch is sung in that one. I, they go down to Cajun country. All I can fucking remember is John Goodman singing looking for I'm looking for a fox. I just remember that song. It's still a lot of fun. Our True Crime Podcast at Our True Crime Pod says Aretha Franklin was on the all-star gong show special with Chuck (laughs) Barris Played by Sam Rockwell in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. So good. Done in one. That's so good. That is phenomenal. <laughs> Great job. I can't believe that. There I'm were so this might be our best overall week ever for six you, you guys oh were spectacular. Audrey Radajack. I thought this one was gonna win until our winner slipped in at right. the last second. Audrey Radajack at Audrey underscore Radajack R A T A J A C K. Aretha Franklin's song Natural Woman is one of the most iconic lip sync for your life <laughs> in the history of RuPaul's. Drag Race, where Adam Rippon was a guest judge this week. Adam attended the 90th Academy Awards, where Sam Rockwell won Best Supporting Actor. So just because a guy yes. was in the theater where an award was given out was the final league. I thought that was going to win. Uh, that's phenomenal, and that's funny because they they really hype it up, and it's it looks like a long entry, but it's really just one to two to three. RuPaul's Drag Race lip sync for your life. I love that. That's great. So our winner this week, Mike. It's almost from- unfair. Yeah, Hall of Famer. You just had the Wrestling <laughs> Hall of Fame last night, that show. Now you have MMO, Six Degrees of MMO Hall of Famer, Ben Miller. I didn't want to pick him, but how could you not? How could you not? At He's been Neb using ben. themes for his links lately. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> At Nebis Ben says, sex sells, and this Six Degrees of MMO will be all about sex. Strap in. Strap in quotes. <laughs> Aretha Franklin was married to actor Glenn Turman, who received a blowjob on the wire, walked in upon by Dominic Lombardazzi who talked about not using condoms with Owen Wilson Wilson in How Do You Know who is married to Jenna Fisher in Hall Pass who seduces Will Ferrell in Blades of Glory which is very funny who is married to Leslie Bibb in Talladega Nights she's the funniest ex-wife ever in that movie Uh, who is of course in real life dating Sam Rockwell it's Amazing. That had me in stitches when I first read it. And he, we actually, we thought we were going to record last night. Yeah. And I was, I was prepping the doc to get ready to record this week. He like just sent that in, so he was just under the wire and using sex as a thing. As soon as he commented on the blowjob, yeah, it was probably over. <laughs> like we're so disgusting. inappropriate, we're so disgusting. terrible. <laughs> I guess this is the part where I could tell my story about uh, eating pizza last night. Well, we were supposed to record last <laughs> night. Uh, Mike was trying to get me here i was going to a baseball game with the family which was a lot of fun and then we stopped at sally's pizza in new haven so you ready for my story mike yeah go for it let me hear your the menu i ate too much pizza uh-huh. and I, I fell asleep <laughs> now what you you said you you had uh, a bunch of pizzas what were the toppings of these pizzas that you okay had? so we came out with cheese pizza first which is a terrible decision <laughs> that was the appetizer i yeah it was the appetizer i we immediately there's six of us we uh-huh. had four large pizzas That's or extra stunning. large whatever was the biggest one yeah. was they couldn't bring them all which isn't a regular large the by the way new haven pizza for those of you who have never been are like just 
They take up these giant metal sheets each. We're not regularly large people either. We're large (laughs) and we can eat. We can really house it. So I immediately, and they they gave us a pizza outside in the waiting line. We waited an hour to get in and they brought out a whole cheese pizza. So we each got a slice, everybody in the line, which is delicious. So they just gave away free pizza? They gave away free pizza in line, which was phenomenal. I thought you were going to say you ordered a pizza for takeout to have (laughs) in the line. That would have been genius, but that would have been a slippery slope because why not just order four pizzas? Exactly. Bring him out to, to the street, please. I'll sit up against this building. <laughs> but Mike, we uh, we we get there. We have the cheese pizza first. It's gone in a matter of minutes. Naturally. Then we have the white clam come on, which is delicious, and it's gone in a matter of minutes. Now we're slowing down. We got a regular pepperoni, and then we had sausage and hot peppers, and we had an over under bet going on at three and a quarter pies. We probably went three and maybe four tenths or two fifths. <laughs> just got in, just got it over, huh? And of course. I woke up and had, uh, you know, sausage and hot pepper pie for breakfast. <laughs> I am a bad person, but this is Sally's in New Haven. It's world-renowned. It's very, It's very my favorite. New Haven pizza, delicious. you've heard about it if you're a pizza fanatic, but Sally's is, is my favorite, too, on that street. I, I love it. Is that a one bite? Did I just do a one bite on our podcast? <laughs> well, yeah, all the kids are talking about, hey, I'm just going to do a one bite. Yeah, well, Barstool Sports is the thanks for that. Dave oh, Portnoy's okay. got a whole new uh, a whole uh, franchise about one bite. Everybody They're knows so cool. the rules, so... Yeah, that's why we didn't record last night. <laughs> I literally, I was asleep at eight thirty p.m. <laughs> I got, I rolled into bed and just went, oh, <laughs> that was it. And you, you like, I woke up at one in the morning. Yeah, and I saw a text just chain, a chain from of you, texts from me. Yeah. You just sent like Nonsense. a million texts. I don't know what they were. <laughs> All right, so that's why we we're recording on Sunday, WrestleMania Day, the holiest of days, as opposed to Saturday night. Uh, but with that, we'll challenge you now. Our new. Six Degrees of MMO Challenge. Go ahead, Mike. What do we got? So we have WrestleMania, of course, this weekend. Yeah! We're recording this before the actual big event. I picked this one. (laughs) (laughs) Hall of Famer Triple H. Yeah! What's his real name? Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley is the wrestling name. His real name is Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. So this is Triple H to Black Monday's Regina Hall. She's not Rebecca Hall. She's Regina (laughs) Hall. She should have been nominated for an Oscar last year by many accounts, and her career is just skyrocketing. I loved her in Black Monday. Yeah, Black Monday just finished up like you talked about. She's in that uh, the movie Little premiering this week as well uh, alongside... um, That's going to be tough, though, alongside Issa Rae. Yes, thank you. Issa Rae couldn't come up with the name. Uh, Yeah, so that should be tough, right? I hope, anyway. Triple H doesn't have an illustrious movie chronology to him, so um, I was hoping to, to, to trick some people, but... He's in movies with kids where he's like the sh- oh the chaperone yes he was in, in the, the chaperone, chaperone and he was in blade three which we talked about that's true um, very true but of course never's ben will be like oh this he was having anal sex on the parkway no! one day no no don't do Felicity it ben. Huffman. don't do it ben do a pizza <laughs> theme you jerk <laughs> let's you. see how you we do triple h the regina hall that is your new challenge for this week six degrees of mmo let's move into the box office update michael talking about what everything did this weekend and the leader in the clubhouse dc seems to have found its footing, huh? Yeah, Shazam came out to, I think, a $53 million weekend. It did like a couple million in previews, so domestically uh, it's made 56 total and as well as 102 internationally, so that's 158 worldwide thus far. We reviewed Shazam two weeks ago on MMOW when we saw the early preview, so go back and check that out. It's right up top at that show what we're watching, and uh, we liked it. I think it's a fun movie, and DC's on the right track, yes. They seem to be doing well. They seem to finally, you know, not be a Marvel clone. They're kind of having their own uh, 
I, I guess they're forging their own path here. But Shazam, on a $100 million budget, it's already made that back and then some. He said yes. it was like, what, 150 or something worldwide right now? 158 worldwide already, and it's it's going to be climbing. It's the number one movie. And based on what's coming out next week, it's got a good chance to uh, keep making. To repeat. And another uh, movie that we reviewed, Pet Cemetery, the remake, came in at number two at the domestic box office this week. $25 million on a $21 million budget. That's good news for them, too. The two mics here, and I'm sure Ryan L. Terry over at The Real View are very happy about about this because I, we think this is a good movie. Ryan called it one, a really strong date movie. It's a fun movie, absolutely. It's a fun movie. So bottom line is you're not going to get an A movie, but we all kind of gave it a, a seven, eight out of ten kind of deal. And uh, Pet Cemetery. You, pretty much almost making its money back because it's a $20 million budget, $42 million made by some accounts two times your budget Yeah, it's already covered. It, it certainly at least already covered uh, what it spent out in just the production budget otherwise. Marketing and otherwise, other stuff comes into play afterwards, but that looks like it's on a way to make money. Shazam's on its way to making money. Yeah, Dumbo great. has a chance to make money, right? I mean, it had a very disappointing first week in box office, but it finishes up $18 million yeah. this weekend, $76 million domestically. The international box office, and that's why these live action remakes I think are going to keep happening because right. the international box office saves them it seems to be all the time they always seem to outrank the domestic 137 rakes so far internationally Dumbo's up to 213 million worldwide I think it's budget was something like one. what did we say it's a big budget yeah, it's yeah a big 120 budget. something like that so it's it has a chance to make money but if there's ever going to be a movie that kind of gives Disney pause for these live action remakes that they right. can't just keep churning them out and taking uh, unique properties and turning like I think Lion King's going to do fine. Right. You know, I think Aladdin's going to do okay despite its reviews. Aladdin is scaring us. Yeah, it is. Uh, But I don't think, I think the main line from the 90s is probably where they need to cut it. If they thought they were going to get a billion dollars for each one, maybe they should think again. But they they couldn't. I mean, a one fifty million dollar budget—that's that you think you're going to make money? Sure, absolutely, without question. So that's a little dispiriting for Disney, I'm sure. Us pulled in thirteen point eight million dollars in fourth place this weekend for a one hundred fifty-two million dollar domestic total, sixty-four added internationally. So that's two sixteen total in terms of the worldwide box office. That is a very small budget of twenty. Million dollars as well. They are raking it in over there at Blumhouse and Universal. Jordan Peele has spent $25 million making two movies and have grossed a half a billion dollars from them almost. That is incredible. <laughs> That's like Halloween numbers, you yeah. know, the Halloween franchise numbers. Captain Marvel, 12.6 from this weekend, 374 total on the domestic and 663 on the international for a $1 billion, $37 million right. gross. Yeah, that's that's good. good to see. 663 internationally, especially for a woman-led female superhero movie. That's very heartening to see. That's heartwarming. Sure. That's awesome. Uh, you know, we said when we reviewed Captain Marvel, it's probably going to do a billion dollars. Here it is, finally crossing the threshold. It only took, I think, what, five weeks to do so? Six weeks to do so? It's, so. A, it's awesome. And that's a major success for, yeah. again, that $150 million budget. And it probably it bodes well, not that, you know, not for Endgame. I don't think we're anyone's worried about the mm. box office of Endgame, but it m- probably bodes well for what's going to happen after Endgame yeah, as far as setting MCU. up the new Avengers. Yeah, you got Black Panther, mm-hmm. billion dollar property. Mm-hmm. You got Captain Marvel, billion dollar property. Right. You got Guardians of the Galaxy or Spider-Man who are doing very well yeah. as, uh, also. I don't know if Spider-Man uh, got over a billion dollars, but it, it definitely did all right to Homecoming. But uh, we do have we do have major properties. Isn't that weird? Like the Captain Marvel, Black Panther, introducing two new characters, but the tried and true former champion of box offices everywhere, Spider Man, doesn't make as much. I mean, it made eight eighty, you know, worldwide. So it was it was sniffing a billion. But no, it didn't, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the the point is, it seems like everyone's already they're willing to let 
go of Iron Man and Cap and Thor, maybe, and we'll see what happens with Endgame. They could, they could. Best of Enemy has made four point five million. That's what Sam Rockwell, Taraji P Henson. It did not get good critical reviews, Mike. No. So we're, we're not going to be talking about that one as an Oscar. This movie one, like yeah, I, this one seemed to, you know, it's. Yeah. We're also getting to the, the, we're getting closer to that time period where it's the one-time Oscar hopefuls or critics are getting their hands on the reviews are coming out, and we're getting to see some. Movement. I commented on Twitter the other day how the Goldfinch went from that very friendly October release and has been pulled back a month plus. It's mm-hmm. not going to be released in kind of early mid-September instead, which is a historically the last couple of years, that September period has been the movies that at one point you thought might be Oscar contenders Correct. that have been kind of adjusted and the studios realizing is not going to be. Sully comes to mind, the Tom Hanks movie. Very good, know. yeah. Uh, type, that type of movie. But yeah, Best Definitely. of Enemy, Shazam, and Pet Cemetery were the three new films that make the top ten. You have to go all the way down to number 18 this week. The Public, for the uh, fourth new film this week to crack the rankings, High Life, the Claire Denis movie, only opened on four screens, the 25,000 per screen. So while that was good for the leading per screen average this week, probably good news, but the Claire Denis, High Life, Robert Pattinson movie, we'll see if that comes uh, and stays as a contender, like some people think it may for differing things on that one as well. But that's pretty much it for the box office this week. Uh, We move on now and talk about things that we maybe do or don't care about. This is the Do You Care segment. This is where we take news stories of the week and we ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them? And the way we start off every Do You Care segment is we ask each other about the upcoming releases. This week, Michael, we have After, which is a teen drama opening in 2000 theaters. Hellboy is in going nationwide as well, 3200. Little, that one we talked about with Regina Hall and Issa Rae opening in 2600 plus theaters. Missing Link is also going wide, the animated film yep. from United Artists, 3500. We have A Dark Place, Girls of the Sun, Mary Magdalene, Master Z, Mia and the White Lion, Rotten Tail, Teen Spirit, Wild Nights with Emily. Those are all opening. Do we care about any? So many. We also have The Man Who Killed Don Quixote coming to Netflix, Mike. Finally, yeah, we it's get only to been see, 30 years. Yeah, the Terry Gilliam film without Donnie Jepp or Donnie Jepp or Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp might want to go under that pseudonym name change with the way he's been going lately. Uh, I don't care about After. I don't care about Little. Sorry, Regina Hall and Issa Rae. It kind of looks ridiculous. Uh, the reverse big setup. We I'm, care about Six Degrees. That's true. We care about Six Degrees. We care about Black Monday. Yeah. Uh, I care about Missing Link a little bit because it might be up for a Best Animated Feature. We talked about that. It's a stop-motion movie. I saw a a couple of reviews that were glowing on Twitter about Missing Link. A Dark Place is about uh, an amateur detective. I don't know if it's going to be more about mental illness, but it seems like it has an interesting premise with a serial killer in town. So if that gets good reviews, I'll be into that. Mm -hmm. Girls of the Sun, uh, about an all-female battalion in Kurdistan, but it got bad reviews. Mary Magdalene was supposed to be an Oscar movie. About with Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix, it's really dead on arrival, really yeah. before arrival. So only thirty eight percent. Master Z, this has Michelle Yeoh, Dave Bautista, and Tony Ja. Just that cast alone would get me intrigued, Michael. So I'm kind of waiting for reviews on that. Rotten Tail, this is a comedy horror about a giant rat man. Hollywood keeps making the <laughs> same movies. If they 
again, if it gets good reviews, maybe I'll take the dive because it looks so ridiculous. The tra- it's basically just a rat man in the poster. No, 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 rat man. <laughs> that's so bad. <laughs> Teen Spirit is an Ellie Fanning. And here she is. That's why I confused the names before. Rebecca Hall. It's about a pop singer. You're uh, sure it's Rebecca Hall? I'm sure it's All Rebecca right. Hall. So Wild Nights with Emily about Emily Dickinson, the poet with Molly Shannon. And Amy Simetz that got a really good uh, score so far, 89%. So I'm waiting on, on that one as well. But obviously the big news this week is Hellboy. We'll be covering it at the end of the week with a movie review. It can't be worse than its predecessor. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do the Hellboy 2 uh, rewatch because it's not necessary for the the, the Hellboy 1. I yeah, we don't... I mean, it looks like Hellboy's going to be... This Hellboy remake. iteration yeah. is going to be a completely different story anyway than Hellboy 1, so why go through talking about... What was it? The Golden Compass? Yeah, the Golden Army? The whatever. Golden Army. We just added so much stuff with the interviews, with the, the Toy Story uh, at Pixar Rewatch. Yeah. It's just too much for you guys, so we're going to get out some other content this week. Mike, Avengers Endgame pre-sales caused epic waits online at Fandango and wherever you can buy tickets. They broke the Force Awakens record for pre-sale tickets in six hours. This was Tuesday. Uh, just to you know, remind you, Infinity War made $2 billion worldwide, 640 worldwide opening weekend. Do you care about this ruckus? I care about the idea that we're going to wait in line online now. That seems like a racket. Doesn't right? that suck? Doesn't that seem not real? That seems like a man constructed thing. Like, why are we waiting? Your computer. Just, right. You're a computer. Do you have more people than Facebook? <laughs> right. Are more people than Facebook going on there, Fandango? Get your shit together. Yeah, that seems like something that, that may not be above board. There might be a little dirty pool. We're spoiled. Oh, rotten. absolutely. Human but, beings. But nonetheless. <laughs> We put out a poll to uh, what people think that Avengers Endgame will do opening weekend. There was only like 50-something responses, but overwhelmingly people were saying that they expected to do better than The Force Awakens, which has the domestic box office opening weekend record. So it doesn't surprise me that there's big lines. I fully do expect, I think it's a perfect storm where we want to see, you know, we're saying goodbye to some people, we think. We want everyone starving for a big movie of the moment in 2019. We've only really had us so far. Maybe Captain Marvel could be considered that as well. So I I think this is all ratcheting up to be something kind of special with Endgame. Speaking of, like you just hinted at though, Mike, Avengers Endgame is tracking above Infinity War to do better than that box office-wise. Do you care about that? I do care. And I also think these numbers might be low right now because... I don't know. I'm caught up in the hype, I guess, yeah. by the last story we just covered yeah. because so many people are buying pre-sales. They're going to add theaters. They're going to add showtimes. The whole $10,000 for a ticket online. Absurd. What is that? That's, that can't be true. I, I can't believe that to be true. But my brother's telling me, he's texting me, he's like, can you believe, Like, should we sell our tickets? Like, They're going for $500 on eBay and stuff. Can you imagine? First of all, can you imagine me reserving a ticket in advance for my podunk theater at all? <laughs> <laughs> no. But can you imagine selling one of those tickets and somebody gets to that theater it's like what the hell is this i came all the way from bigsby yeah, right what the hell is going on no this is i could have went down the street to my podunk theater no but mike we i got two showtimes locked in i got the thursday night before the nfl draft i'm so happy five o'clock oh you son of a bitch i'm so happy and then i got i'm taking a day off Friday morning, I'm going to see it again. Yeah, I got I got a reserve Friday. I assume I'm going to be able to walk into my theater Thursday and just <laughs> buy a ticket. But bottom line is, I don't think we'll be doing a night of review of Avengers Endgame. We're going to be doing something different. We, yeah, we're going to pro- try to blow out the lead up. We'll do something to cover it, but 
every podcast is going to have the, right. the two people at the microphone reviewing ad games. So we're trying to think of something different. We're going to get weird with it, yeah. and we're going to have fun with it, and we're going to probably do a preview for it that week. So stay tuned. A lot of Avengers Endgame stuff coming. Our MCU rewatch is there for you on our feed. Go yeah. listen we'll to it. We'll be promoting that, too. We love the hell, we love the hell out of that rewatch, sure. just like we're loving Pixar now. Michael, Cinemia, or Cinemia, now that I'm going to I'm gonna go with Cinemia now. Okay. They're showing signs of demise similar to MoviePass. They have outages in service during the, the Us premiere, especially. They had bugs with the app. A lot of similar warning signs, red flags. You bought some Cinemia or Cinemia a while back. Have you used it? Did you just do away with it? I never asked you. Yeah, I I, beyond, I tried to use it like once, and I couldn't, and there was an issue with it, so I just said, fuck it, and I usually do go to my podunk theater. I have, and I'm probably going to get rid of it, because the yeah. movies I've been seeing lately are just down the street from me anyway, so I don't really like need to do it in advance or anything. I like the idea of prepaying, but if yeah. there's going to be issues with the times I do need to use it, why? <laughs> would i keep it much in the same way a-list seems to be the only one people aren't complaining about mm-hmm. so maybe amc has something figured out but as far i i didn't realize that this structure would cause so many problems like they would right. be this hard to figure out how to get movie watching down there's vertical integration with amc when yeah. i go i'm usually buying something right chicken tenders mm-hmm. shout out ryan l terry or something like that i'm 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 spending money at their establishment so they're not losing as much and after the oscar season i'm not going three times a week necessarily so i'm not just breaking their bank and but i still feel good because i'm still making money on the ticket exchange of it all so as long as maybe i spend a little extra on their their other stuff and as long as other people who go with their families you know blow out and spend big money they're probably doing okay with amc I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, bottom line is that we're rooting for one of these to figure it out at, at the very least. And uh, I would be upset if my AMC went down. Uh, this is sad that uh, you can't really do the, use uh, Cinemia all that well. But go back and listen to our whole movie pass episode that we did. It was a big breaking news thing. We went over the saga of its ups and downs, and we kind of did a corporate analysis in many ways. Yeah. That was an interesting yeah. episode. Uh, moving on, Terminator Dark Fate has its first set photos release. We are, I guess, cyborgs do age. So what do we think of these, Mike? Do we care? They have to age, right? I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing. Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're old as shit. No offense. <laughs> no offense, because what I'm about to say is they put us to shame with how, how muscled up they are, with how wonderful That's they true. look, with, with how, what great shape they're in. So, yeah, of course, cyborgs have to age but we just get some some really beautiful and phenomenal looking people in these trailers or in these photos i should say and uh, yeah they, they look great and it looks kind of cool and they're still putting on their scowls are you excited yeah i don't know because they botched the last few terminator movies i was gonna ask you what's the last terminator movie that's like been great mick g's T2? christian yeah T2. I yeah. mean, T3 was, I didn't love. Yeah. And then you had the Mick G remake, Salvation, with uh, Christian Bale. And then God, you that had was something. <laughs> Genesis, which I didn't even see with Daenerys Targaryen, Amelia Clark. Yeah. I wanted to, and I didn't even go and see it. So, that yeah, I'm a little bummed about the whole franchise right now. Maybe they can uh, make me happy again. Mike, the Netflix juggernaut and the Academy had a standoff this week where we had intervention from the U.S. Department of Justice. What do you think about this? Do you care? I don't care about this because it's a blustering idiot puffing his chest out. Um, I wrote, I think, eight paragraphs on it, breaking it down, putting on my lawyer hat, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet. 
our Justice Department is a bunch of idiots. Our president might be an idiot. And this is this is a guy doing something for his own ego. This is ridiculous. The fact that they think there's an antitrust action with the fucking Academy makes no sense for a litany of reasons, which we might have to do a Devil and the Advocate episode about because I have some ranting I got to get off my chest. But yeah. no, I don't care about This is ridiculous. It's interesting. I, I don't know much about it other than the fact that basically... Netflix is on the side of the U.S. Department of Justice, or the U.S. Department of Justice basically warned the Academy not to. So the the DOJ, yeah, they're not on Netflix's side. They're just anti-Academy because Meryl Streep uses that platform to talk ill about the executive branch of our government. That's oh, that's what this boils down to. It's that petty. Yeah, it's very, it's incredibly. There is no legal justification or basis for this at all. And the fact that our Attorney General actually okayed this letter to go out hmm. is like borderline. It, 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 I'll stop. It's petty. It's ridiculous. It's petty. So the Academy caved when film Twitter yelled at them for a week or two, Mike. <laughs> what are they going to do with the U.S. Department of Justice? Are they just going to bury their heads in the sand? They might They might fight back because there's no legal grounds for this. And for the, for the DOJ to actually pursue this, which they wouldn't do because it'd be a waste. But if they actually wanted to pursue legal action here with our taxpayer dollars, hmm. that is going to cause an outrage because it's a case they're not going to win. Because there is, they they would need to settle. They would need to sue and settle about three different issues before they got to the main one that hmm. Netflix, that uh, the Academy is violating antitrust law, which they would lose anyway. It's it's absurd. That's that's fascinating. Yeah. We may have to do something else on that, Mike. I'm going to give you one more. Yeah, we had this one at the end here. Yeah, so uh, we have a fan attacking Brett the Hitman Hart at last night's WWE Hall of Fame during his speech during that ceremony. Uh, what the heck happened here? Uh, we're recording Sunday morning. There's been a lot of coverage since then yeah. that you want to comment about. How much do you care about this thing? So I care in as far as that Bret Hart is okay. Um, here's what I'll say about this. This will be the last I say, I say about it at all. If you are giving this man, this, this disgusting act, any kind of notoriety, and you're writing about him, and you're trying to get clicks out of him and all this, stop it. That's exactly what this guy wants. That's the only reason he did this stupid act. Yeah. So why feed into his ego and let him know that he's won? Ignore it. You should concentrate on the fact that Bret Hart was able to recover, that he gave a great speech afterwards. You should yeah. concentrate on the fact that the wrestlers all jumped to, to his defense. It was pretty uh, heroic. Now, I will say, there was a sucker punch There was there a sucker punch. I, I just think is low. And well, I, I yeah. understand your anger. Yeah, no, I, I get it. You're right. Everybody's restraining this man, and yeah. then somebody just really reaches back. Yep. I mean, that's how you get locked up for sure. life. I you're... mean, if he caved his head in or injured yeah. that man seriously, he's going to jail. No, you're absolutely right. And you're... everybody caught it on camera. Yeah. And then you have other uh, webs websites on Twitter like, "Good job." Oh, people are people so, are in love with him. Yeah, I get it that you're you're angry at the guy punching Brett Hitman Hart, but Jesus, I mean, two wrongs do not make no, the right there. Right. You're right absolutely correct. right. I mean, I what mean, and, and you know, you're, you're, it's that whole, you're feeding into that macho, that yeah, that's masculinity not, thing that's, that's going on there and everyone's crazy. all pumped up and everyone's on the side of the wrestlers. I don't know that that would get to a, a court anyway. I'm sure the WWE would pay out of their nose to settle before that went anywhere as is. So yeah. I, I think everyone's going to be above board. Anyway. Well, but they, you're right. It gives it's that wrong. guy recourse. Yeah. It gives that guy recourse. Now he can sue totally. that other person yep. for punching him in the face right then. Yep, absolutely wow. agree. You're absolutely right. So uh, my take on it all is ignore all the bullshit. It just, there's no need to concentrate on any of it. I don't care about your clicks. Right. Concentrate on the good. Concentrate on the Hall of Fame ceremony. Mm -hmm. And concentrate on WrestleMania. And hopefully that'll be the last we have it. And I can guarantee you next year there's going to be a line of security separating the front rows of fans from that uh, platform yeah. that they were at last night. All right, we got some trailers this week, Mike. Yeah, let's wrap it up with some trailer thoughts. Trailer!
Trailer thoughts here. We had a couple trailers just to wrap up this week that debuted. But first, big one. Todd Phillips' Joker movie has its first look out. Joaquin Phoenix looks like a maniac. And uh, yeah. let's go over it. I am very torn on this trailer, so I'll start with the positives. Mm-hmm. Great score. That yes. song is amazing. Yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix looks like a man who has lost his fucking mind, which may not be far from the truth about Joaquin Phoenix anymore. He's done some things <laughs> in his life. Yeah. Uh, great faded out aesthetic, gloomy, very harrowing, very drab look of Gotham right now. Mm-hmm. And this could be a Joaquin Phoenix best actor vehicle. The visual goods delivered and the performance goods delivered are there, and it's plain as day. It's also, you know, kind of drawing off of that whatever clown craze was a couple years ago where I'm working with kids, and they're all freaking out. It was like a big thing yeah, for a couple people, weeks. Yeah, people just standing in the road as clowns in as the middle clowns, of the night. Yeah. And we have, you know, cops that I'm working with there, and they're like, guys nobody has seen anything and yet i'm getting all these complaints every all day every day of people reporting clowns and nonsense oh jesus that's and terrifying. he's like oh, we've investigated them there's really nothing to it this is a big internet thing huh. as far as we know it was I mean, big down in the carolinas so i didn't hear about anything in connecticut but that could be that'd be terrifying yeah but they're, they're you know the cops i'm working with they're talking about how yeah. they're dealing with all this all these uh sightings jesus christ isn't that crazy that's terrifying but yeah. you get that look here because joaquin phoenix is dressed as a clown and it's the makeup is running and he's out there in the middle of nowhere just staring going crazy yeah. and people are just walking past him and that, that's a freaky visual and he was on i guess christian it looks like he was on christian bale's diet plan from the machinist days, yeah right like he got really rib cage. my god uh, but i do have issues with it so yeah uh, the story is that the ills of the world are going to be what turns the Joker into the Joker. Like, do we really need a two-hour movie where psychopaths' actions are being given credence, justification, and sympathy well, that we're all the bad people? But, Mike, uh, isn't it all, all our fault that he turns into the Joker? So we're because, the bad guys of yeah, Gotham? I mean, here's the thing. Like, <laughs> yes, I said it before with the Dahmer uh, movie uh, quotes. Bottom line is... A lot of these guys are tortured into becoming terrible people. They're not just terrible people from... I mean, you can't just damn them like the, the way they are born. And some of them have broken brains. Some of them, their brains are broken. Again, to talk about the real people, Joker is right. a serial killer. Right. Is it worth watching this for popcorn entertainment for him to break bad? I don't know. Yeah, and that's my point. Like, if this was an indie movie... Like, Joker's the clown prince of crime. He's somebody that we all know. We know his history. We know what he's capable of. We know how disgusting of a human being he is. Right. I I don't think we need to, like, relate to him on a primal level, on a human level. Unless you're going to do something, like, set up where he's been such a, a beaten up by society, literally and figuratively, and he has to come so over the top. Right. With such a heinous act to get us back off his side. You know, I, I don't know. It's very strange because, yeah, it, it, he's more than an anti-hero. This is a villain story. This is a story that is focused on the villain, and yet we have you know people just walking up onto to him on the bus while he's crying and he's a mess and he's losing his mind, having a psychotic break, and then punching him in the face. And then I'm guessing he kills That's them. That's what I mean. And like, he's running away. I don't know if he kills them, but he he fights back. He, he so it's just it's all gross. Now, is it scary? Yeah, a little bit scary. Can can Yeah, but it's not scary because of the Joker. That's the thing. Like he is a ki- you know, cartoon villain that has been done scary with Heath Ledger. Like he's right? an effect, right? Not a cause. 
he's been in a, described as an effect in other movies and really a, a, as a as a reaction to Batman in the Christopher, right. Christopher Nolan sure. series. Now we have basically him as a re, reaction, reaction to, to Gotham. Us. To us. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jordan Peele should have directed this. Thing. I don't know. I just think it's like you have a 1980s you know movie bully in, the, in on that subway there. Jesus. I mean, are we really going that That's literal bad. and in your face? I and feel the, the same way. And I don't I, like okay, make this movie. I think there's an interesting movie here. I don't think, knowing what we know about the Joker and how he acts in the comic books and, like, certain kills he's done and stuff, yeah. I don't think we should be finding joy or relatability in this character. And I don't know if I want the origin story going all the way back. I, I think I'm more right. interested in the origin story of him becoming, like, a criminal mastermind, yeah. maybe. being, like, a, a mischievous person and then taking the turn for the worst. Not because being a regular guy, a regular mama's boy, and then being forced into right. this mayhem and morally speaking you know you can argue against both stories that they're kind of gross sure. but at the same time it, can you learn something from it it's it's hard like we've seen serial killer movies the Iceman, for example mm-hmm. with michael shannon mm-hmm. why am i relating to this person <laughs> why am i why are yeah. we so sympathetic to this person who is an out and out broken brained monster and yet he's got all this sympathy for him that is just fake and if you watch like the real Iceman documentary on HBO and that real interview, yeah. he admits to faking all of the yeah. things that that he was you know being lauded for in this movie. So I don't want to like movies are typically built around the hero, the story of the hero. So if you use the same, basically the same conventions, and we seem like we get a lot of conventions here just for a, a tragic arc, maybe, but it's not really tragic. It's, seen, it's probably going to be a triumphant arc right. about how he it becomes yeah. the criminal mastermind. I, I, it's, it's effed up. I think the way, and you're hitting on this, too, the way you're structuring this, you're giving yourself an unnecessary wider berth to fail. I, yeah, I see red flags in it, yeah. too. Now, this trailer, again, the performances are just incredible. If they pull it off, Phoenix should be considered a best actor all the way through. And maybe yeah. maybe he's got an angle, Todd Phillips, that we wouldn't expect. Right. Maybe he does make this character so absolutely engrossing that we have to watch it from and start And it could to be purposely playing with our expectations to lower them so we can come over the top of them, too, and we can be even more impressed. So, yeah, there's, you know, it's, it's an interesting way to approach a film like this. I know people were crazy about this trailer. It, I just wasn't. I saw more issues. Issues like you seem to have then, you know. Uh, upon rewatch, I saw more. I know I kind of pitched it up like we were going to debate this on this episode yeah. on Twitter, but I, I do, I do see a lot of your issues, and I just, you know, I love the performances, I love the visuals. We'll see. All right, Avengers Endgame also came out with a quote-unquote special look. Michael, what do we think of this? It is a special look. I will give it that. There's a lot of new stuff. We get a lot of spoilers here that I don't really want to talk about. There's one character who's on a cliffhanger in a previous trailer. We get him back. We basically realize he is he gets out of it, and he we realize some people that are still alive that we don't know were still mm-hmm. alive before. We preview a big battle between the good guys and the bad guy here with Thanos at the end of it, so we finally get in. So Thanos is in this movie. He is in the movie. We're getting a showdown, at least to a degree. But uh, it's it's one minute. It's more footage than we got yeah. previously. So that was interesting. Of course, um, uh, everybody's in for this movie. So we, we, do we even need this? Like I you said, don't care. I don't <laughs> care about this. Just give me the movie. Give you Stop the movie. teasing me. I, I I'm teased. I'm enough. I'm there. Just give me the fucking movie. We're ready. Mike <laughs> Annabelle comes home. This is the next film in the conjuring universe we have the conjuring uh leading man and woman yeah. there uh in this 
and we have Annabelle involved, so what did you think about this trailer? I thought the IMDb synopsis was spot on. Yeah, quote, the third film in the Annabelle franchise. <laughs> yes! Nailed it! All right! Gary Doberman, first-time director. Uh, he's a guy that had screenplay credits for the It remake and the previous two Annabelle films, as well as The Nun, so he kind of knows what he's dealing with with this property. Like you said, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson are both back here. It, the trailer, to me, was creepy as shit. A um, couple good scares. And there seems to be a different approach with this one. We're not concentrating on one spirit, right? Right. It's like, the we conjuring have, like, approach. Yeah. <laughs> we have like this introduction, this pathway for all these spirits now Mike, through the conduit of Annabelle. We got an old man ghost. We got hauntings <laughs> in the middle of the night with the same... Hot house! With the same stuff <laughs> happening to a little girl in the bed with the sheets getting pulled and the whole thing with the sheet. Uh, we got the Warrens literally yeah. involved and their child is at stake. So it is The Conjuring 3, essentially, with Annabelle. And they need to come back to form after The Nun, right? right. Like, The Nun was such a... It made, I think it made money, if I remember right, but it was such a, a critical disappointment that, like, just on its storyboard sh should have been much more. Right. And it seems almost like an... It's like the Incredible Hulk of The Conjuring universe, right? What The Incredible Hulk is to the MCU. It's like, we, we, we don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's but it looks... This trailer looks... Yeah, I'm excited for this one. I, I'm in for it as well. Now, a trailer you're really excited yes. about is J.T. Leroy... I don't share your enthusiasm necessarily, but I, I do. I'm glad you're happy about it. So, what makes this uh, trailer so good? Well, first of all, I didn't know it was a real story. Apparently, it's based on a true story, which I didn't know. So I don't know who this person is, J.T. Leroy. I know she's an author, right? It's a, it's a pen He's name. J.T. Okay. Leroy is a pen name. It was based off another female author who was using J.T. Leroy as like a con a, 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 a moniker, a, a fake, yeah, su a pseudonym. And so people thought that it was a real male writer, and that's this is this story. But Laura Dern and Kristen Stewart, Laura Dern relying on Kristen Stewart to cross-dress and keep a professional secret... My God, Are you, yeah, put this in my fucking veins already with these two acting off one another. Yeah. Uh, middle of the road early scores, a 60 meta rating, and the fact that it's straight to VOD probably doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. But it's Laura Dern and Chris Stewart, and they're at their points in their career where they could like advocate, do a dog food commercial. I'd be like, yes, Academy recognition, please. That makes sense. I mean, it, it looks interesting. I, I don't. I don't share the enthusiasm necessarily because the trailer kind of bored me a little bit. It's two minutes. I can see that. I got the premise, but you know, how are you going to entertain me for two hours if I'm bored in two minutes? The 60 score scares me a little bit. And then the fact that this movie was supposed to come out last right. uh, fall for an Oscar push. Yeah. And it's going straight to VOD too because of that. Yeah, you're right. Bias. I mean, there are, there are more red flags. I'm biased going in, 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 in a way, but yes. Lord I want to say there was a documentary about this subject two years ago that came right. out that got very high mark so it's an interesting story and I, I can't wait to see the cast and you know what i mean personal shopper was something that was kind of overlooked and not given a lot and it, i loved it right, so but at least the critics were all about right. it so you're, you're right here is you're right you know the critics not really you're into right this. No, you're vod right. direct to vod release scares the shit out of all right me. fuck it i don't want to see it the last now. movie that that <laughs> happened with was slice and yeah. slice had some major troubles you're you're absolutely right and and that I, you I know remember. i could see it not being entertaining for two hours. Absolutely. But I, I just... It's two of my favorite female actresses, to be honest. And the, the fact that they get to play off one another. And Laura Dern, when she has to play manipulative, yeah. is so good at playing manipulative. And Kristen Stewart, you know, calls that on the nose in the trailer that she's being manipulative. But yeah. it, when she has to, like, position people and use her influence, she must have been a hell of a little kid to raise for her parents there. Because she is so good with her powers of persuasion when she has to... All these way. actresses. All these high-powered yeah. actresses and actors. <laughs> my God. Those parents should be up for sainted, I'm sure. So our last one here made a lot of uh, waves around the internet when it came out. The Dead don't die um 
Is Tilda Swinton a <laughs> Scottish ninja? She absolutely is. <laughs> An albino Mike. Scottish ninja? <laughs> Jim Jarmusch is like the last guy I would expect to make a zombie movie. But as long as Bill Murray's in it, I guess uh, I'm in. We got Adam Driver. But we got a, uh, just a wonderful cast. Yes. The ensemble is incredible. We got him making a lot of deadpan jokes, which Jarmusch is, is known for. I I think I'm in. It looks like a kind of you know Wes Anderson it does. On, on a twist, which has kind of always been Jarmusch's game before. Before Wes Anderson was even around, so we have that working for it. It also seems like a very polished film where we have some zombie goods, mm-hmm. but it's it's also satire and a comedy. So I th- I'm very much in for this. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm intrigued. Its poster, if you look at its poster, it has a zombie hand, and on either side of the zombie hand, there's 14 names listed right. on the po- like this cast is this is like everybody's New in Year's it. Eve, but like in a zombie Jim Jarmusch movie. <laughs> It's so bizarre and so off the reservation. Now, I, I I don't know that I'm necessarily that familiar with Jarmusch's filmography. I know Broken Flowers with Bill Murray he did a while ago. That right. might be all I'm familiar with. So I don't really know what to expect. I think you saying Wes Anderson turned on its head. For me, that's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, I mean, let me go through this cast before Jarmusch in a minute. But Chloe Sevigny, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Caleb Landry-Jones, Selena Gomez, Bill Murray... We have Tom Waits, Carol Kane, Danny Glover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, RZA. Oh my God! Iggy Pop and RZA are zombies, by the way. They're like immediately zombies too, which is fun. But yeah, I mean Jim Jarmusch, known for Broken Flowers, uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, which was Tilda Swinton, very interesting. Stranger Than Paradise, Patterson from last year, two years ago. Done a lot of good movies. Uh, Dead Man with Johnny Depp in '95, of course. The Three Coffee and Cigarettes movies. We had uh, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. Oh my God, was that a hell of a movie? He's made some just weird films but that they've all been super watchable what was the pitch to tilda swinton to get her in this character <laughs> like tilda i got an idea <laughs> you're gonna play an albino ninja and she gets the set and she does it and he's like you know what <laughs> you put a little scottish accent on that <laughs> also a great title by the way the dead don't die that's yeah. like a zombie title it's so obvious that somebody should have come up with it before now but George damn. A. Romero's The Dead Don't Die yeah, you know? that's a great zombie movie title uh, what was your favorite trailer out of these just for shits oh, my favorite trailer out of all these I don't know Mike I think you know based on my fandom it's probably Avengers Endgame because I finally got something new there but Annabelle Comes Home is probably the best trailer That's I, I absolutely agree I'm very intrigued I didn't think they would come back with the type of fastball they seem to be coming back with right. in the Conjuring universe. But it's very interesting that they, I guess they're taking that universe very seriously. I think that they they're are. bringing back the Conjuring leads, the Plane and Annabelle movie, after the, the nun kind of led them astray. They're going for Looks it. like they're coming back hard with that, so I'm very excited they're to see that. coming back hard. But the Joker trailer gave me the most goosebumps, I will say. I mean, in all honesty. Between the Joker trailer and the Netflix Department of Justice story this week, my head was too flooded with like social justice warrior shit. Your blood got up this week. <laughs> your, your blood is up. So Thank that, God that... it's WrestleMania. I could hit my father with a chair tonight. 
<laughs> One hell of a week this was. My God. All right, guys. We want to know com- comments, questions, concerns, anything. We want to know your thoughts, certainly on these trailers and these stories coming up. Anything you think uh, you want worth com- passing comments on, our interviews, our Pixar rewatch, the Hellboy rewatch we're doing, the Pet Cemetery with Ryan Altieri. We want to hear from you as well. You can get at us. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar.com at gmail.com. And on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts. Tune in Stitchers, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. I, I, I always feel like I'm missing stuff, but I, we're on too many things. That's why we're on too many things, yeah. and we're getting listened to on all those things. So thanks. Yes, everybody thank you very for... much. And if you if you have time to give us an iTunes review, hit the five stars and leave us a couple words. Uh, we really really appreciate that. That actually goes a very very long way. Helps us a lot. Yes, uh, Michael. Give these people some words of wisdom to start their week with here. Well, last week, I would say like 40% of the MMOW episode was built on audience interaction, which yes. is phenomenal. We had a ton of questions last week that were huge hits. This week, we asked a ton of questions that were fun as well. You had the poll about Avengers. You had the John Lithgow question. We had some stuff. I actually held some stuff to this week because we just had too many new mm. episodes flurring out, and I didn't want to you know, just ask a goofy-ass question where we're trying to pitch a really great <laughs> interview and a guest host. But bottom line is we'll have some more audience interaction this week. And follow us on all that social media because uh, these questions are going to be intriguing. I am intrigued by the fact that uh, we have these questions in existence. Your fancy has been tickled. Already, yeah, and I, I'm going to ask other people. So I'm, I'm tickled just thinking about what they're going to say. You want to tickle other people's fancy? I want other people to tickle my fancy. I think that's what Joe Biden's in trouble for. Currently. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, guys, when reality sucks, keep watching movies with us. We will check you out later this week. Have a good one. See ya.